Frozen North, episode 58, our top five video game openings. Welcome to episode number 58 of the Frozen North Gaming Podcast. My name is JJ, and we're glad to have you listening today. I'm glad. You're glad? To have them listening also. As you can see, I'm uh, here with my good friends, Mark. Howdy, y'all! My name is Mark, as you just heard. Good <laughs> God, man. <laughs> <laughs> You're good God. But, and Brian. Yeah. And I am your gaming God, Brian. I don't know about that. Sacrilegious. You spend way too much too much time playing uh, portable games to be a gaming guy. That's not true. This is not true. Name one portable game I play. Ocarina of Time 3D. That's technically you true. Literally, we're just playing that like. It's technically true, ago. but here's the thing: they're great games. That doesn't change the fact that you're playing them. But what does that have to do with that? If that is not that, you got me there. Boom. Okay. All right. All right. I yeah. got I got lawyered. Lawyered. You got me. hashtag lawyered. Oh man. Whoo. It has been a crazy couple of weeks, guys. Yeah. Man. Uh, a lot of things happened. Uh, yeah, no, seriously. Like, I, I went to Comic-Con, mm-hmm. went to Naka-Con, uh, did a whole bunch of stuff, and it was, uh, it was pretty darn good. Mark is Mark started a new job. That's right. And Congratulations, uh, buddy. High five. Oh, thank you. <laughs> there you go. We're, we're, we're all kind of just moving a million miles an hour. Yeah. So, what have you guys been playing? I've been playing exclusively Cities Skylines. Came out last week. Actually, hadn't even really heard about it until it came out. I picked it up for thirty bucks, and it's been fantastic. I actually convinced JJ to buy it as well. You did. You did. I. I. I am not into it as much as you are. I like it, but it's definitely not uh, addicting in the way that you you seem to be. Yeah. Addicted to it. Like I. I at first when I first tried to play it on my own, I was terrible at it, and I was like, oh my gosh. I just wasted $30. But when you actually came over and you were like, okay, this is what this does, and you actually showed me like the details of, of the basics right. on it, um, man, it's it's a cool game. It's a great game to just sit back, relax, and just enjoy. Uh, but I'm, I'm having fun with it too. So, yeah, recommend it if you're looking for something, sorry, Mark, but meaningless to just Whoa! My city is very meaningful. Hey, I'll do, a, I'll do an advertise for it, uh, advertisement for it. Hey, do you like watching grass grow? Do you like sitting in the sun and doing nothing? Play cities, whatever. It's inaccurate. That's nothing like the game. I don't know that you watch grass grow, and I mean it is kind of the same feeling you get, though. <laughs> the feeling of making meaningful traffic decisions. Meaningful. You're right. That's way deeper than watching the grass grow. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> you got me. Oh, you what? <laughs> I'm making important decisions to reduce the traffic problems in my city. Oh, gosh, sitting there man. and looking at the grass isn't going to help anyone. You're absolutely. But at right. least my fictional Sims in my city can now get to work on time. Oh, man, what was I thinking? <laughs> Dang it! Yeah. Jeez. Oh, I'm offended. Unbelievable. But let me let me just let me logic you, Mark. Doesn't watching grass grow help the earth produce more oxygen? Watching it? No. Yeah. Nope. Because you're breathing towards it as watching it. And therefore, plants do use carbon dioxide as sustenance. 
which then reproduce in oxygen. What are we talking about right now? I don't know. I don't know. We just went off on a really weird tangent. Yeah, don't say we. That was all you, no, that, Chief. I, we, as in my everybody in my brain. Hello. 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 <laughs> uh, I have also been playing a little bit of Cities. I, I wish there was a multiplayer thing where you could like have yeah. your Cities trade with each other or something like that. That'd be really be cool. cool. Um, and then I'd have Mark come in and fix my traffic problem. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'll do it. <laughs> I have no doubt. Um, I've also been playing Dragon Ball Xenoverse and... Uh, What's the other one? Dragon Age Inquisition. Obviously, still still chugging along on those. And the Final Fantasy XV episode Dusuke demo. Going to talk about that a little later in the show, though. You're a Dusuke. Thank you. <sighs> I take pride in that. Thank you. Um, and That's pretty much it for me, I think. I really haven't played... I mean, other than that stuff, that's been about it. Brian? Uh, I recently passed the raid leading reigns of WoW over. Um, I'm going to uh, wind down on World of Warcraft because I have a huge backlog, guys, and I want to play it. So after I stepped down, this was a couple weeks ago, uh, actually last week, I finished and beat Tearaway on the Vita. Fantastic. Um, I also beat Castlevania Lords of Shadow for the second time on my PS3. Fantastic as well. And I am currently playing Smite. That's my competitive game. Um, where you've, been, you, you've been into that pretty heavy. Smite really. is... Uh, what's funny is I, I got really big into Heroes, uh, and then somebody said, hey, uh, you should check out this game Smite. It's a different take on the MOBA genre. And it is. Uh, it's a third person instead of a top-down isometric game. But uh, that's my competitive juices flowing game right now. And then I, I just started Ocarina of Time 3D on the new 3DS, and it is fantastic. What do you think of the new 3DS? It's amazing. Um, the old 3DS, I played with the 3D off because it was hard to hold it in that sweet spot. Uh, the new one, there's a huge range that you can actually move around uh, because the camera, the front-facing camera, tracks your eye location and keeps the screen in the sweet spot for you rather than you keeping the screen in the sweet spot. Uh, and it, it it works way better than I thought. I was skeptical at first, but I uh, tried it out and then bought it. And it's like looking into the window of a new world. Better battery life? Much better battery life. Yep. I've, I've still got uh, three. There's four bars total. I've been playing it pretty much as much as I can uh, since I got it. And I'm at three bars now. So Nice. Yeah. Solid, uh, solid choice. Yep. I, I, I would like to get one eventually. I think, I mean, from what I've seen and what I've played on it, it seems to be great and everything except name, obviously. <laughs> right. <laughs> no comment. Well, let's get into it. Uh, Mark, if people want to email us, where, where can they do that? Frozen North Podcast at gmail.com. Failed already. Com. Thank you. Brian, what's our website? Our website is fngaming.net. Our Facebook is facebook.com slash the frozen north. Mark, what's our Twitter? At FN Podcast. Our blog is at frozennorthpodcast.blogspot.com. And Brian, are we on iTunes? We are on iTunes. Search the frozen north. Can they subscribe to and rate us on they, there? They can, and we not only appreciate it, we feed off of it and become larger people. <laughs> uh, what? What? <laughs> Like, Wait a minute. What? We, we are like, if you guys give us the more subscribes and, and rates, uh, eventually you'll see giant people walking down the street. That's so, us. So we're like Katamaris and we roll Ooh, up the yes. likes. Very accurate. That was a gaming reference, JJ. It was. I believe right. it was, he was referencing Katamari Damati. Way to go, champ. <laughs> that game is uh, on the, the PlayStation sale. 
I believe I saw it for like under a buck. In the PSN? pick it up. It's pretty good. I don't good. want to. No interest. You don't want to roll around stuff for mindless hours? Nope. Oh, wait. That's Mark's genre. Well, rolling around stuff? No, I mean, it's like games that are mindless. boring. And what? They're not mindless. They're very <laughs> mindful. Um, they're the opposite of mindless. <laughs> you know what I've done since I got City Skylines? <laughs> I've looked at charts no, we that don't show. Care. Oh, I care. And the no, one listener listen, listening right now cares. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Mm-hmm. That's probably listen to the stretch. show? Because that, that's probably about it. No. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Uh, but yeah, we would appreciate you contacting us at any of those outlets, and uh, we'd love to talk to you, hear from you. Uh, I just want to give a quick shout out as well. Like I said before, we I went to Project Comic Con here out in Kansas City uh, last weekend. Had a really good time. There was actually a another podcast there that was doing a presentation. They had a whole panel, and they kind of gave some tips on on how to build audience and and what worked for them and stuff like that. And Really, really interesting stuff, and I just want to kind of give them a shout-out because they were they were awesome. Uh, Project-nerd.com is their website. Go check them out. Listen to their show. They, they've they got uh, – literally covers, like, everything, video games, books, movies, just all kinds of, like, entertainment, geeky stuff. Uh, they even have a cosplayer in there, um, and they, they, they just kind of go over everything. They actually gave uh, some spots out on their show. Uh, for people to to go on and talk about their show, and they let me go on and, and kind of you know give ourselves a plug, which was kind of cool. So go check them out; they're they're good good bunch of people. Uh, one other announcement: we are going to be doing another contest soon on Twitter. We uh, are at like 187 something like that ish followers. Yep. Once we hit 200, we will do another contest. So subscribe. Tell your, friend, tell your friends follow us if you're not already. Do it. Spread the word. Spread them. Get it, get it done. Spread them good. Nope. That's not <laughs> what I was saying, Brian, at all. News! News! Hi, guys. It's Brian with your news. First order of business on that news is one of my favorite series, God of War 3, is being remastered for the PS4. Another one of the PlayStation 3 greats being brought to the PlayStation 4. Uh, the third party in Sony's infamous God of War franchise is getting the PS4 treatment. Uh, I think that uh, July 14th is the estimated uh, release date. I don't think it's official. I'm pretty sure it is, but uh, I could not confirm whether that was locked in. But good news, guys. God of War is a fantastic series. One of my favorite action gaming genres. So if you have a PS4 and you don't and you have never played a God of War game, this is a uh, fantastic grab. Uh, Moving on, the next news story is... Kojima and Konami, they released a joint statement recently. Ko, uh, Konim, uh, pff, Konami, <laughs> Konami and Kojima, that's just impossible to say. Not, uh, not impossible. It's really not, but you just said it. Basically, so they implied that Kojima is done. Basically, leaving the company, he's not doing anything anymore. However, I take this with a huge grain of salt because he says this literally after every Metal Gear game. So Yeah, he's been saying it for a while. So uh, take it for what it is. Uh, he did say it, but he said it before, so we'll see if that's true. Uh, Konami has said they're going to continue the Metal Gear franchise, so that's good news. But uh, Kojima will no longer be a part of it. So he is still going to be a part of this one, though, for correct. writing it out until until it's released and everything like that for sure. So it's yeah, people are people are up in arms and going crazy over this, and they need to just 
hold on and see what happens. We've heard this there's before. Some, yeah, there's plenty of media sites that are blowing this way out of proportion. Mm-hmm. We just need to sit back and, and watch what happens. And I'm sure it'll all work itself out. So, yep. and you know what? If Metal Gear Solid isn't as good in the future, maybe they'll go back to Suikoden. Just saying. Maybe. So, yeah, because <laughs> I haven't let everyone go from that studio. Yeah. Moving on. Moving on to the next article, Square Enix will reveal a JRPG surprise for consoles later this year that isn't Woo! named Kingdom Hearts or Final Fantasy. We don't know much about what else Square Enix has in store as far as those two games go. Uh, that said, according to the company president, Yosuke Matsuda, who recently spoke with Nikai, they have quite a few surprises coming, uh, with one being especially for JRPG fans. Nikai mentioned in the interview that it seems like this is the year we'll see more titles on the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One from Square Enix. Good news, exciting news. Very good news. Welcome news, I would guess. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would I hope that uh the fact that you say PlayStation 4 and Xbox One Xbox Xbox, Xbox One, hopefully that means it's not gonna be they're not gonna be exclusives. Yeah. I know some people hate that I say that, but you know what? If more people get a chance to play this game these games that's great. Here, yeah. here. Uh, moving on, uh, Nintendo news. Uh, Nintendo just Annette recently announced uh, they're going to go ahead and start investing a little bit more into mobile gaming, which is actually a huge reversal from their stance in the past. If you guys know anything about Nintendo and their reticence with that mobile gaming market, uh, they just basically, I don't know if you pronounce it D-E-N-A or D-N-A, but they're pairing with that. Know. Is it D-N-A? I don't know. I'm not sure. They're, uh, they did a press conference with the company and uh, Nintendo president Sat. Toro Iwata announced that his company's intellectual property would be the basis for a number of upcoming mobile titles. What that means is basically Nintendo's going to lend this company the ability to use Nintendo uh, IP, such as Mario, such as Zelda, such as Link, for games. So yep. we'll see what that leads to. Um, oh my gosh, can you imagine? Like People are already freaking out about this, first of all, yeah. which I think is stupid because they're mm-hmm. not saying... Screw consoles. We're done with right. that. Right. They're just expanding themselves, which is fine. But, and I just thought of this. Can you imagine Zelda on a mobile? Right. I, that would be awful. Terrible. I'm sorry, Terrible. but that would be awful. Well, I, and the way I read this article is is two things. One, Nintendo specifically isn't going to be producing games for mobile. They are giving Dina the rights to create Nintendo property right. for mobile. Yeah. That's good news for Nintendo fans because your the brand is going to get pushed out to a wide variety of people while Nintendo can still focus on their core base and making them happy. No, I agree, but yeah. if, and that's kind of why I'm right. a little worried. Can right. you imagine a Zelda title coming out on mobile that wasn't made by Nintendo and is on mobile? Oh, buy this mm. 5.99 for a heart container. You want, you're right. Uh, anyway. Congratulations, you beat the Air Temple. Would you like to go to the Water Temple? That'll be $20. $20, please. Yeah, I don't know. I'm curious, I guess, is the word to, to use for that. So We'll see what happens. Yeah, uh, and then uh, basically some add-on news to that. Nintendo also, I think I had this in the news a few weeks ago when there was a huge rumor. Well, it's official. The Nintendo actually came out and said, yes, we are developing uh, new hardware codenamed NX. Nintendo X, I guess, is what people are calling it. No one knows if it's another mobile platform or a theater or a home theater platform. Um, I'm guessing it's uh, uh, the Wii U successor, just given the Wii U's lukewarm success. During its press conference with Dina, this is when this was announced and it made official. Uh, it was rumor for a while. 
Uh, Nintendo is currently working on the system, and the code name is weird, but Nintendo in their names are also weird. Uh, the company isn't ready to reveal additional details, uh, but they should be l- trickling out as the year goes by. So hopefully, we'll get some more details on what what it is. And a lot a lot of people seem to think that uh, a big reason why they announced this like this is because of the previous story where they they said they were going to be letting uh, their their names go mobile, and p- obviously people were up in arms about that. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want my Nintendo games on mobile, blah blah blah, whatever. Maybe some reassurance. This is kind of reassurance yeah. for a their their stockholders, their shareholders, and uh, obviously their fans. So to to let them know, be like, hey, look, we are still focusing on console. Here's what we're working on right yep. now. So, yep. And then our last article is uh, we're just going to talk a little bit about uh, the market of gaming because that has a huge effect on us. February 2015's NPD. February, as you know, is the start of the first fiscal. The is the first month in the fisc- new fiscal year. But they dropped a whole bunch of bombs. Gaming is up across all platforms, which is fantastic. It's sell- selling more. Obviously, <laughs> Sony in the lead. Of course, Nintendo actually got a huge uh, spike in their 3DS market uh, due to Majora's Mask dropping. Um, maybe JJ should rethink his false stance on Majora's Mask. Ooh, can you remind me what what the what what's my false stance on that? That it was uh, uh, a bad game. Oh, I said it was a bad game. You did. Did I? Did did I? Why can't you look me in the eye I, while you're I, saying that? I, I can assure all of our guests that I am staring right into the <laughs> Brian making stuff up. Yeah. I don't think it's a bad game. I think it's an amazing game. I just hate the three-day timer. That's all. So let's get into the boring numbers here. Total hardware sales are up 10% over the last year at $378.2 million compared to last February's $345.2 million. Software sales are also up, bringing in $338.9 million, a 7% increase over last February's $317.6 million. Video game accessories brought in $238 million. And that's up 8%, of course, from last February as well. This is really good news. It means that our love of gaming is basically being growed. You know, it's a real word. Being growed. (laughs) As is tradition. Last year was already the biggest console launch in a long time. And the fact that it's not losing steam says a lot. It growed a lot last year. It It growed big time. A lot. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, I put this this story in here because uh, I like to keep up on gaming as a whole because... It's my passion, and I want to see it do well in all facets. I don't care what kind of game it is. As long as gaming is continually uh, expressing its growth uh, upon us, then I am happy, a happy man. I don't, I'm not about console wars or real gamers versus not real gamers. A game's a game, and if you're growing, I love you. Will you marry me? <laughs> That's the good moral. <laughs> And there's that. If you're growing, I love you. Will you marry me? <laughs> I just love to see so. uh, the growth in our in our pastime. And with one sentence, Brian has knocked the gaming uh, scene into the Stone Age again. <laughs> uh, but anyway, guys, I mean, it's great news. It's really, it really is. Our our favorite pastime is continually forging forward with rapid growth. I might add, forging. Though you just said forging. I thought I said forging. Me love, it's when that borging growed. Me blind. That, me. Was, that was amazing. Me. And then he loved it. And so he married, much that he married it. it. Moral of the story is me blind. Me gamey. Fine. So that is a good moral. Yeah. Of this story. Well, that's your news this week, guys. Uh, tune in next episode for some more insanely awesome news from your gaming podcastman, Brian. Gaming podcastman. 
<laughs> All right. Guys, what do you think? Should we start talking a little bit about uh, episode of Duske? Yeah. What? Tell what, me. I decided, so just to throw this out there, uh, I almost bought the day one edition to play the demo. And then I know JJ was going to play it. And I'm so excited for the first time in a long time for a JRPG title. Like, I, I don't usually get excited I, I about it. I played them. it and beat it that night. I know. And I, I, this is the first time I've actually been excited. Like I look at a, a game and I'm like, oh, man, it's a JRPG, and I'm actually hyped about it. I hardly ever get hyped about JRPGs because you know my stance. I'm not the biggest fan of JRPGs, but this one is literally... I haven't been this excited for a JRPG since Final Fantasy VIII was being advertised, you know? And I've been the same boat, sort of. I mean... After ten, I kind of lost interest yeah. in Final Fantasy for a long time, and yeah, I'm finally was... excited for the first time in a so, long time. What I decided was to not get it and not play the demo. I want to go into this game completely fresh, uh, but I knew JJ was going to be able to at least give me some impressions. So, uh, what did you think, man? And you saw you saw the video of Titan. I mean, that's exactly yeah, Whoa. yeah, man. So, okay, first I'll talk about the story of the demo, uh, non-existent. Uh, right there, there isn't one. It's basically just a like a. a, a um, you're just doing a mission to bring down a behemoth that's been terrorizing an area. So you're kind of tracking them all over this zone that they have built in for you. And eventually you get to a point where you have to trap him and, and hunt him down and stuff. And you do, and something happens and man, it's just the action and the sense of fear and danger. I have never felt it in a final fantasy. Like I did when I was playing that. Maybe it's just cause I, you know, just recently got a huge TV and and I was like sitting two <laughs> inches from it because I was so into it. It really was phenomenal. So pros, okay. Obviously the visuals. You guys have all seen the videos. You've yeah. seen what it looks like. It's it's going to be incredible. How did it look playing and feeling in person? Very very good actually. Uh, the the there's a few frame rate issues, uh, which is to be expected. And I wish I could have gone a little bit deeper into some of the areas. Like you can't swim, which is always a bummer to me. Especially since they've got these huge lumbering, like dinosaur-looking creatures in the middle of these lakes in the zone, and I just wanted to go up to one and see what would happen. But I can't swim, so I can't get right. out there to go there. So it was kind of like, oh, all I can do is look at it. The combat system is kind of one of our prokins. Ah, it's, uh, it's broken. Yeah, I thought it was okay. It's honestly kind of a mix between thirteen and twelve, Final Fantasy. If you can, if you can imagine that. Yeah. It's very, very fast-paced and, and you know, action-oriented, like 13. But at the same time, it's a lot like 12 in that you've got your party members kind of running around on the outside of you, and you're still using actual menu systems to play. One of the cool things about it is you actually set up your, your basic attack combo. So if you've ever if you've looked at any of the videos, you can see uh, Noctis, the main character, he's changing weapons as he's fighting. So, like, one minute he does a strike with a short sword, then all of a sudden he'll come out with a huge axe finish it off with a spear and then a two-handed sword just to just to knock him down at the end. And they keep disappearing and reappearing in his hands as he's fighting, which is cool. You can actually set up how that plays out. So the way you attack normally is you just hold down the square button. You can dictate in the menus, you can say like, okay, first I want this weapon to come out and do this swing. Then the next one I want this to happen. Then the next one I want this to happen. And all that kind of just plays out as you're fighting. And it's all situational. So if you kill a guy beforehand, obviously it's going to start over. Or if you are a certain distance away, it'll skip one step and go right to the next one or something like that. It's kind of cool just to watch it all play out. In addition to being able to, to do those combos, while you're in the middle of these things, you can also do special attacks. So you hit the triangle button and whatever move you've got selected, 
you'll use that like you'll do a spinning attack or you'll jump in the air like a dragoon and come down with your spear um, or you'll do a, a charged up strike or something like that. And you've got all these, you, you basically can make your own combos as you're fighting throughout the thing. You're also teleporting around the battlefield. Um, you're teleporting to enemies. You're teleporting and holding on to ledges and trees and stuff while you're fighting. And I showed Mark some of this uh, when you were over the other day. You were kind of watching. I mean, what would you think of what you saw? I thought it looked great. looked like a video game yeah. and not some <laughs> hallway that you walk down. <laughs> this is actually kind of funny. We were, we're sitting there, we're playing, and I go, Mark, Mark, look, it's my impression of Final Fantasy thirteen, And I walk straight forward, and I go, look what they can do with the new technology. And I just turn to the left. <laughs> he was like, wow! <laughs> you can go left and right. I know, right? Uh, it was it was just this big... That's another thing that, that was a huge pro. The world, the, the the zone that they give you is huge, and it's so gorgeous. I mean, I like, what, I just hopped up on a rock, and I was like, hey, yep. look at this. And you just <clears throat> see, like, off into the distance. Right. It, it's amazing. And that's one of the big things about RPGs, at least in my opinion. If you can see a location, you should be able to go to it. Right. It shouldn't just be something that's off the hallway that you're in. That you it shouldn't be to. just a backdrop. Right. Our RPGs, in, in, from what I've always you know, kind of looked for, should offer a sense of scope. And this game definitely does that because not only do you see those things, but yes, you can go there, I s- which is I still important. remember when that became... I still remember reading the Ocarina of Time review, and the reviewer said something that kind of exactly what you're talking about. He said, so this is one of the first games that you have ever, ever saw that in the distance and saw, whoa, look at that sweet mountain, awesome backdrop. You can actually go there, which that's uh, something that's very important in gaming. Like, if you have a sweet backdrop, make it accessible. Don't just be like, oh, this is just the backdrop. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, another another good thing, the uh, you've got your four party members, the banter. I, I mean, I, I, I took me about, I'd say, three hours or so to beat it. Your guys sit there, like, in battle, out of battle, when you're running, whatever. Your party members all talk to each other. They make jokes at each other, make fun of each other, you know, whatever. I never heard the same thing more than once, which was kind of cool. It wasn't like, you know, the same rehashed jokes over and over again. Granted, it is a demo, and I haven't played the entire game, which I'm sure that probably sure. will happen then, but still. But that's one of the biggest things. Like, that's what Mass Effect did to me is the characters felt real when you're in a party with them, and so you grew attached to them. So these obviously these four are friends, so they should have... They shouldn't just be battling and not talking and... Right. You know? I've played three hours. I already am like, I really like this character right. a lot. I really like this they guy. They give you this personality. This annoying, and I like this one too. Uh, voice acting is... I mean, I'm not... Don't get me wrong. I am not a huge judge, good judge of voice acting. It was, it was okay to me. It was... Fine. A lot of people are like, oh, they're going to Americanize voice acting. <laughs> yeah. No, they were fine. They were okay. Noctis, the main character, was pretty much just like any other JRPG moody. This is how I'm going to talk. And this is it. Everything is totally. sad. Yeah. But I, I, yeah, it was, it was, uh, I was impressed. I really was. Especially when, since, you know, considering how disappointed I was with 13 overall as a Final Fantasy. Yeah. Uh, cons? Again, like I said, the battle system, it, it just totally depends on what you're into. I'm still not 100% sold on it myself. I think it's cool, and I think it's interesting, but I need to get a little more detailed with it. They gave me very, very limited options. When I leveled up, I couldn't gain any new abilities or anything like that. I had some to choose from, but it wasn't anything eh, like in too in-depth. Uh, I also couldn't use any magic in the game. I didn't notice if my party members did, maybe, but I certainly couldn't. It was also really hard. 
I found out that apparently when you sleep, uh, because the way the way you level up and gain, and gain levels uh, is you sleep at night at a campsite or or in an RV that they have there, and you level up through all the experience that you gain from fighting throughout the day. Well, <laughs> apparently you also cook at night. And I noticed it. I saw it at the bottom of the screen, and, and they it, some some of the cooking things that you can do give you buffs. I didn't realize that one of them was going to make me immune to poison, which I could have known like before that. Because when I went to go get Titan, that cave—if anybody else out there listening has played the demo yet—that cave, the enemies poison you so much in there, and I died so many times. Like I never actually got wiped out, but Titan my or characters Rama? died. Uh, Ramu, I'm oh, sorry. Right, yeah, yeah. Right. Did you say Rama? Rama, yeah. Rama. Yeah, Rama. Like grandma without the G? Rama. Oh my. Ramu? Come on. It's Rama. It's oh, R A M U H. Uh. Ramu? Rama. This is like Sydney all over again, except yeah. he was right about except that. Except he was right about that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying it phonetically. Rama. Oh. Ramu. You have to understand, Brian, even when he sounds ridiculous, okay. he doesn't know. Mark say U H. How does that, what sound does U H make? Depends on what's before it. What sound does the, what sound does two O's make? Right. Moo. No, no, I'm asking you. What sound does two O's make? Ooh. Does it? What about the word book? Rema. <laughs> what, ta- what does the cow say? Moo. How does it spelled? M-O-O. Not M-U-H. God. Unbelievable. Just, I just gave you an example of how that doesn't work. Rema. So. Anyways. What about Ubuntu? Anyways. <laughs> when, I went, when I went in this cave, there were so many enemies. It was unbelievable. And it took me so many times to, I, I kept having to go in there. I would use all my items, be down to like one guy left, and then I would just exit out and then go back in and try. And I just had to level up a bunch. Found out later that I could have, you know, tried to be immune to poison. And I was like, dang it, I should have done that. That would have made things so much easier. Uh, I did it. I did it the hard way. Hey, I'm proud of myself hard mode. for that. So, and then once you get, that's a, that's a pro, the, the summon. Oh, yeah. Remove. It's up on our Facebook page. If you have not seen the video yet, it was all over the place when they released did it. Did you actually summon him? Oh, yeah. Did it, did it Absolutely. look as glorious? It was glor- the only way I could beat it. There's no way you're taking down that behemoth without it. Was uh, was it glorious? It was unbelievable. Yeah. I shouldn't say there's no way. You could probably do it if you put in the time to it, but I was like, there was no way. Um, and you only summon him when you die. Gotcha. So, like, your main character gets knocked out, and you have to kind of move around and not get hit and hold the button down and summon him while you're doing it. And what's cool is it kind of starts out like the sky starts growing dark as you're holding the button down, then you see lightning strikes all over the place, that's, and you're like, "What the that's heck's cool. going on? What's happening?" And then all of a sudden, whoom, this big dude! Oh my gosh! Go watch the video. Go watch it. Because holy crap, I, that's one of the most encouraging things is that they're finally bringing back. Like, oh, I can't wait to see what the next summon looks like. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's that's been missing for a while. Yep. <laughs> you're laughing, but that wasn't just thirteen. That was like twelve, also, oh, really? and even arguably ten. Yeah. Uh, I think nine was the last one where everybody was like, "Oh, I can't wait to see what that is." Something, right. yeah, yeah. Um, and again, arguably, arguably, but for me at least, that's how it was. Yeah. As far as cons go, there's really not not too many other ones other than the the look of the main characters. I'm not really a big fan of the boy band. Yeah. Look, but <gasps> uh, it works. What? It does. It works. And I'm excited to see what happens. Do I recommend it? Well, it's kind of moot at this point because you can't get it unless you already have it. Yeah. Um. But if you have it and haven't played it yet, do yourself a favor and, and try it out. Like I said, it only took me about three hours to beat, but man, it was such a good time. Really, really good. You guys have any questions? No, I think you literally went over nope. all the questions I would have had. Yeah, it's it's phenomenal. 
I would say I'll let you try it out or something, but you said you you wanted to go into it fresh. I do. I, so. I want to I wanna just kind of like seclude myself. I'm really excited for a JRPG, so I want to actually enjoy and, and, you know, embellish it. I'll play Typo. I'll get the non-day one version. I'll right. play through that to, to get gear up. I also want to play through Lightning Returns. You can also, well, you haven't even played 2 yet. Oh, I want to play. I mean, that's what I mean. You want to play X2. I, I want to play X2 first. first. I think I want to play X2, and then uh, I probably will play X2 and Lightning Returns before I play um, Type O, because there's no there's no release date for 15 yet right now, so yep. I'm, I'm sure I still have plenty of time. You'll definitely want to play 13-2 first. That's what I meant. I, that's what yeah. I meant by Lightning Returns. Yeah, I and the cool thing is, I mean, you know that if you ever cave and want to try it out. Exactly. I've got it here, so. Yeah. Okay. We're going to uh, bring Matt in here for a quick side quest. Matt, side quest city. So without any further ado, let's go hear what he has to say. Hello, ladies and gents of the Frozen North. Welcome to a new side quest series I like to call Final Fantasy Thirteen. I love you, but you got problems. Yes, I, I'm going to explore a vast array of different issues that plague the new installments to our beloved RPG series and offer just a little bit of perhaps angry insights regarding them. And what better way to get started than uh, with the opening sequence to the game? The first 30 minutes of an RPG are absolutely crucial to rein in the would-be fans, and uh, 13's case, it fails on almost every critical factor to accomplish this. But let's go ahead and break it down. The first question that hits every gamer's mind when starting this particular game is, What's going on? Where are we? What's the goal here? Starting a game in the midst of chaos can work. Final Fantasy X seemed to have no trouble. But the player needs to quickly be able to start filling in a few of those blanks to get their bearings. Thirteen just doesn't pull this off. Let's go ahead and take Final Fantasy VII as an example of doing it right. At the beginning, you see a bird's eye view of the gigantic industrial city, gain a bit of insight into how Cloud ended up here, and meet Barrett who tells Cloud they are here to blow up a reactor because the group genuinely thinks it's killing the planet, a theme that most players will easily wrap their head around. So within the first two minutes of the game, we know where we are, meet a character that explains the primary objective to the start of the story, as well as why that objective is important. The game drops you into the action, but provides essential story and game elements for you to absorb that allow you to properly discern the information that is actually there. 13 just falls flat on its face by comparison. We barely get enough information to put our thumb on what Lightning's motivation is. We have no idea what the purge is, why it's happening, or who or what is responsible for doing it. There is absolutely no grounding info given to the help players understand what the Falsee, the Lassie, or the Seath are, or what danger they represent. We see all this fear and chaos occurring in the sector where the purge is occurring, but the game waits unbearably long to give us the information necessary to put it into context and begin to care about it. So let me present an alternative opening that may have worked just a little bit better. Lightning's on a train. There's background chatter on the radio comms from security soldiers giving insight into the big baddies in the Pulse Vestige. The same chatter indicates a rogue Lassie is loose somewhere in the city below the rail line. We then cut immediately to a flashback where we see lightning vigorously packing the massive pulse vestige visible from the window. A TV news broadcast gives warning about possible pulse Lassie brands appearing on citizens of the city. Sarah arrives home. We see the Lassie brand on her wrist. An argument begins where lightning insists that she and Sarah have to get out of the city before martial law is enforced. Sarah mentions she wants to stay with Snow, the love of her life, but takes the timid approach and backs down. 
At the end of the argument, we see her caress her engagement ring behind her back, indicating a possible problem. Back on the train, the chatter on the radio is that the lassie has been spotted and is being corralled. Lightning gives a signal across the car to Saz, closes her eyes and whispers under her breath, Sarah, don't worry, I'm coming. Now she leaps from her seat in a blitz attack on two of the soldiers, while Saz uses a device to blow an electrical pulse that disables radio comms and takes out another soldier himself using his mad skills with his pistols. So with this, the train scene gives us an objective and motivation that we can get behind. In addition to this, Saz would be necessarily different. He should be less like Vaughn from Final Fantasy XII and more like Barrett from Final Fantasy VII, as in not a neutral perspective on the events that are occurring. Come on, Square. This technique doesn't work for you. We saw it with Vaughn. It doesn't work. And be more like a tool to support and advance the start of the game. Make him a black marketeer specializing in illegal gadgets and smuggling. And suddenly we know how Lightning was able to get where she is and that there's clearly a plan for saving Sarah. Once you're in the city... The team shouldn't even really find Sarah right away. No, we have other information we need. Instead, we should be given a demonstration of what a Lassie is and what Seath are. So how about this? How about the Lassie that we're chasing turns out it isn't Sarah, but just an angry citizen who turns into a Seath right before the eyes of the party, attacking civilians and forcing us to intervene. Now we appreciate the background information on the curse of the Lassie, perfectly understand what they are and why Cocoon did the purge, and are certainly much more concerned over Sarah's fate, since she kind of is one. Sound better? I think it is, but even if it's not, the point is, if people still hate the story with this level of information, at least they will have a greater understanding of what it is that they are hating. There you are, Square. You're welcome. Frozen North, until next time. And we're back. Thank you, Matt, for that insightful alternative. That was pretty good. In an alternate I, reality. I definitely agree with what he said. I, th- I think yeah. it would be a lot better. Absolutely. Although I like the game as it was. So See, that's one. <laughs> <laughs> See? I don't know. I just I liked it. A lot of people did. But I am not a JRPG fan, so maybe that is a reason why I didn't have a problem with it. See, I, I agree with him, though, that the story wasn't presented in the greatest way. I agree. That's Well, that's the point he was making. Right. Was that it should have, you know, because he, I know he's a really big fan of the story itself and everything right. like that. I think it's okay, but a lot of people say it stinks, but I think he's right that a lot of them don't really understand a lot about it. And, and because it's not presented in, in, in a very coherent way, yeah. you're left wondering a lot of things. Like, they just throw a bunch of terms at you, which is, is you know, the case in a lot maybe of Maybe if it was like but, a horror game, that would have worked. But it's yeah. an RPG the whole point of an RPG is to have this interesting story that you're playing but, through. Right. Let me let me speak from somebody who doesn't play that many RPGs, JRPGs. When I do play them, I feel like it was pretty samesies. You know, like I get that feeling with most JRPGs they play, where I'm like, "What the hell? No, is happening right now?" They usually bring you in with recognizable things. I, I'm trying to tell you before from, they I think go weird. I, if I'm I try- had to guess, though, I would say that it it was a like they meant to do it this way. Because they were trying to bring in new people yeah. to the series. That's what it seemed like they to me. They were trying to like they tried to make it look really pretty. They tried to focus less on the story, mm-hmm. but they still had it there, which you could go read about if you wanted to. <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah. That's kind of that's like, always everybody a bad. Else is like what? I don't. That's want, always a bad news. You know, like yeah, I'm glad you put it in there, but I don't want to have to work to do it. You know, just yes, I want you to ha- to spoon feed it to me. I absolutely do. You know. There are certain situations where, yes, I'd like to come to my own conclusions and stuff like that, but when there is actually information in the game that is supposed to be in the game, please put it in the game. Yeah. 
Yep. So you have to download this app, see, and uh, as you get badges, you can read about it. Oh, Destiny. Oh, yeah. All right. So video game openings. Top five today. And now, let me preface this by saying when we say openings, there are some openings where it's like non-playing, and then there are some openings where you play them. Right. So these are these are like openings, meaning like opening cinematics, opening yep. sequences. Yep. Right. Uh, basically, like before the title screen, whatever the stuff that's going to be there to draw you into the game. Yep. Exactly. If that makes sense. Yeah. We got any honorable mentions? Anybody? Uh, I would like to throw one out there: the opening sequence of Final Fantasy Seven. Yeah, the yeah, the blowing up of put online. the blowing up of the Mako reactor. Absolutely, um, just man, how like you you're on a train, you jump off the train, you're running with avalanche, you're blowing up reactors, wild arms. Yeah, that was that was. I had a hard time not putting that on my list. Yeah, I was so torn. Oh man, uh, absolutely the the opening cinematic with the uh, the anime music video, basically. Yep, amazing, so amazing good. song. And and just really really good stuff. Another one that I had a really hard time not putting on my list: World of Warcraft. Yeah, every single expansion has an amazing opening cinematic. Like that's kind of become a staple whenever a new expansion comes out. It's like, oh, dude, I wonder what the cinematic's going to look like. Blizzard has gotten so good at that stuff, and that's why I'm so excited for the WoW movie. Uh, anybody else? Anything else? Off the top of your head, at least. Not off the top of my head. Okay. I think the lists pretty much have a lot of them that I would have put on. Agreed. Yeah. Me too. All right. Uh, who should start? How about Mark? My number five, Half-Life 2, appears later on someone else's list. <laughs> so I'll talk about it then. All right. My number five is Mega Man 2. We're talking regular NES. Nothing you really play, but it's right when you turn the game on. The first thing you see is some text at the bottom of the screen, and you're looking at the side of a building overlooking a, a cityscape. And the music that's playing is good. I mean, I let you guys watch it just before we did this, just to remind you. I mean, that was regular Nintendo. That was NES. Like, that was unheard of back then to have this level of, of detail, and, and the music was phenomenal. Just the fact that it, it had such a huge impact on me personally when I saw that, and still to this day I look back and I'm like, man, that's so cool to think about that they were doing this back then. Uh, the text kind of just goes by, and then all of a sudden the building, the music picks up, and the building, it starts scrolling up all the way to the top, and once it gets to the top, there's Mega Man with his helmet off overlooking the city, and then the music kicks in some more, and then you just start the game. It's just awesome. Love it. Mega Man 2, NES. My number five. Brian. My number five is God of War 2. If uh, any of you have played this, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, at the end of the first game, you uh, assume the role of the God of War. So you're up on Olympus, and you dive down onto the city of Athena as the God of War and just wreak havoc on them. And it is one of those empowering moments in gaming where you are basically just terrorizing the city, and then you get to bite... Zeus himself and you're just like man you, that's when you know you demand now dog <laughs> I have not played God of War 2 oh man just stepping off of the your perch on Olympus and then diving down to a th- uh, to Athens as the God of War you're just whew, man it's oh, one man. of those scenes noise yep all right Mark I think we have the same number four that's right what our number four is Final Fantasy 6 indeed also known as three. 
in the incorrectly. US. Yeah. <laughs> On the nineties, it wasn't incorrectly. That's true. Us. What's so good about it? You didn't get to talk in the last one, so you talk on this one. What's so good about this intro is just the way it opens up with the story about the War of the Magi. You see these uh, Magitech armors walking through the snow up north. You get all this great exposition about what's happening in the world, what happened with magic, etc. And then you go into, is it Narsh or Narshi? I've always just said Narsh. Go into Narsh and play through this whole opening cinematic cinematic the music when they're walking through the snow as well still gives yes. me goosebumps to this and day. the atmospheric sounds are playing for like the wind and all that stuff yep yeah and then you've got that whole sequence where the the empire's invading and you're you know going through the streets on your magitech armor yep going to get that esper and it's it's incredible it really is still to this day holds up really yeah. well brian you just recently played it mm-hmm. so oh, yeah i the music when you're running on that Magitech armor towards uh, the the city is woo. Yep. So that that will always be one of my favorite intros. I think, absolutely. No, not my number one though. No. So that was marking as number four, Final Fantasy VI. Brian, number four. Number four opens with uh, this Half Life Two opens with the G Man in a what at the time was a beautifully rendered face. Wake up, Mister Freeman. Wake up, and he says the right man. In the, in the wrong, wrong place, place can make all the difference sometimes. And then, yeah, I'll just say sometimes, Brian. Well, well whatever. <laughs> I added. I embellished. And then you step off the train, and you're in City 17. And you see Dr. Breen up on the screen. Yeah. And then you walk out, and you see the Citadel, and the the goosebumps you get. Welcome. Welcome to City, City 17. 17. Yeah. It's safer here. And that, that scene where you can throw the cup at the uh, Pick up that guard, cup. And you throw it at him, and he pulls out his uh, baton, and... You just realize you're, you're whoa, where That was I? one of those, like, steps forward for gaming in yeah. general. There weren't games like that at the time mm-hmm. with that good of cinematic, playable openings. I, I remember legitimately getting goosebumps when I stepped out onto the streets and saw the, the giant citadel in the yep. background. I was like, and what? The little, the little monitor flies up to you and takes, takes a picture. picture and then flies off. Oh, my goodness, man. That is, that is a classic opening, and it's only my number four. So there are a lot better openings, and that's testament to this game's uh, path forging. Absolutely. And that was Mark's number five as well. Mm-hmm. All right. Number three, Mark, number three, sir. My number three, Bioshock Infinite, shows up later on someone else's list. So we'll talk about it then. <laughs> All your games Man, are too low. Words. My number three is Chrono Cross. That opening movie, I mean, same same reason you mentioned Wild Arms earlier. They're, they're yeah. just that opening sequence with the uh, the music that's playing and it kind of shows the two worlds shows all the characters not all of them obviously but all the main characters it's Surge got that book kit and yeah absolutely it's got the book where it shows some of the text on it and stuff if you haven't gone uh, go look up the Chrono Cross intro because that's one just worth checking out it takes you know what three minutes to watch all the way through yeah it's absolutely beautiful and it's it's amazing for PS One game go check it out for sure Chrono Cross my number three my number three is Batman Arkham Asylum. The, all the games in the series have a great opening, but this one puts you in the you know the suit of Batman for the first time. You've got the Joker captured. This is you walking him into the yeah, prison. Yeah, you, 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 know, you got him captured. It's open, the scene opens with uh, you, he's in your, the back of your Batmobile, and you're driving towards Arkham Asylum. You unload him, and the, uh, uh, you know, Gordon's there talking to you, and 
you you know you're just exchanging like hey this kind of seems weird he seemed too easy to capture um uh, and then he's in this like uh you know the uh the restraints being wheeled and you're walking with him to make sure nothing happens and you get to see kind of like that first reveal of Arkham Asylum and you get to meet a couple of the bad guys along the way such as uh, Killer Croc and oh man just walking with him into that facility feeling like Batman was uh really really well done and it really set the tone for that game you know especially when you see joker spring the trap and get out and man oh man uh if you haven't played that game then uh i don't want to talk to you (laughs) but i still like you as a person but get out i haven't played that game i don't want to talk to you anymore i've watched mark play it it's seriously one of the best gaming series uh, there's been in a long time especially if you're a comic book fan and a batman fan for for i hate comic books and i hate batman that's not true. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> Mark. I think Mark about had a seizure. <laughs> it's not true. It's not. I watched you play it. You watched me play like the worst possible moment. Well, you were playing, so every moment well, was the worst. No, possible I was doing moment. good until you, were got, you though. I, I had, had to part... point out the painting thing to you. I actually don't remember any of that. Yeah, I do. I do. Because I it remember was that like part. crawling back and forth in the vents, being confused. Yeah, I have no doubt. Anyways, but Batman, Ar- Batman Arkham Asylum is my number three opening scene in, in, in any game. Okay, number two, Mark. My number two, The Last of Us, shows up on some other people's lists later. <laughs> some other people's. All right, my number two is Suikoden Three. This is my favorite game in the series. Uh, a lot of people like two. I have always liked three. It's the first one that I beat in the series and it will just always hold a special place in my heart. But that intro, man, I, I have to go back and listen to it. It's fantastic. You know, every, every couple of months or so just, it's so, so good. Forget what I said about Chrono Cross. Go check that out on your own time. Go check out this intro now on YouTube. Sweek it in three. Pause the intro. episode. Pause the episode. Go there. I'll give you a minute. Well, the, if they're pausing it, you don't actually have to give them a minute because I'm pa- doing both. Brian, don't ruin this for me. Frustrated? When don't I come ruin back. If, Brian. If you ruin this for me, I'm not talking to you, and you can just leave. No, I'm going to ruin it. That's my thing. I'm the ruiner of things. You <laughs> I told was just me trying to say how you said before. Oh. with the Batman. Gotcha. Thing, but so. I still respect you as a person. But I don't respect you. <laughs> I what? Exactly. Anyways, but it, it, it is phenomenal. The music is incredible. The it introduces you to. You get to see all the like factions, all the races, and everything. And, like that part with the uh, the 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 dragon rider looking people, where right. they ride the big dragonflies. Man, it's just so cool. You get to see the battle of the grasslands a little bit on there, and oh my gosh, it's just it's awesome. What a great game! Sweet it in three. I can't wait to get Brian to play that one. Sweet go three. He's gonna be doing it for like a year and a half. Oh god. <laughs> Ugh. It's so worth it though. It's it a is. great game. 100%. So that's my number two. So we get in three. Brian, number two. Brian's number two is, is also my number three. Yeah, this is Brian's number two and Mark's inferior number three, which you put a, should have put higher as... as nope. But uh, Bioshock Infinite. Uh, all the Bioshocks had great openings, but this one in particular was... Fantastic. A, it was a real kick in the sweet balls. You start out nope. on... Uh, yeah, on a rowboat, sort of. Yeah, with the Lutis twins. Well, but you don't know who they are. You just start out with a right. couple of, with a two, a man and a woman who have the in, most amazing banter. Yeah, like just right away, I was drawn into this game mm-hmm. because of how good their dialogue was. Yep. And you walk up to this lighthouse. It's a theme in most Bioshocks, and you have this cryptic note that uh, you know, go save her, and we'll wipe away the debt. 
okay, what does that mean? You walk in, you see a dead man in a chair with a knife stuck to him with another note. And you're like, what is happening? And then you get up into the very top and you hear, you do the the little like the, the bell ringing in the right order. And then you hear wow, wow. And you see like these red lights coming from the sky. And you're like, what is happening right now? You step into the, uh, to the little launcher and you rock it up, pat up because it's storming out. Right. And you rock it up, shoot past the clouds and boom. Brian just played this game recently. If you're wondering why he can recall yeah. everything like <laughs> and you wor- second for second, you rock it up past the clouds and then you, you're, you're, you know, in that stormy cloudy and it's shaking and then boom. It's like calm and you're up there and you see Columbia and all its glory and you're like, what? And then you crash down yeah. and then you land in the landing area and you walk <laughs> out and there's a bunch of robed uh, people walking and singing the most amazing song. And you're literally like overloaded with just what? Yeah, <laughs> that's why I'm laughing because Brian's just going off and you can tell Mark keeps trying to interject. But since he can't override Brian, he's just going yeah mark what what yeah. go ahead no i think it's it's cool the way it mirrors the original bioshock because it's you're ascending into the sky instead of descending into the bottom of the ocean right and when you arrive it's not to the city that's completely in shambles it's the city that seems glorious at first oh absolutely so you walk around the city it's lively it's bustling there's a uh a fair going on and you're you're trying to get there and everybody seems in good spirits and you see that big old tower in the background and you're just you know, boom, and then that reveal when it just starts to turn to turn to crab apples, that's no good. <laughs> that's no good. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. All right. Great opening. Bioshock Infinite. Brian's number two. Mark's number three. Number ones. Mark, what's your number one, sir? My number one is Sweet Coden 2. And I am not talking about the title sequence. F that. <laughs> That's your argument for it? Just F that? Forget about that. <laughs> it is what I'm good, talking though. about. It is good. It's actually very good. <laughs> but what I'm talking about is waking up in the Unicorn Brigade yeah. camp, talking to Jowie, your best friend, hearing a little bit of the backstory about how, how excited you are to go back home, and then the camp gets attacked. Are you talking about your friend Joey? Yes. I'm talking about Joey. Okay. I was confused. I've always, for my entire life, called him Jowie, but... <laughs> Yeah, Joey. <laughs> Way to ruin Mark's childhood. <laughs> Unbelievable, I Brian. shattered so Mark's childhood. Jeez. He you, you, did call himself the ruiner earlier. That's, so. true. <laughs> that's true. But you find out that you're being double-crossed. You run up to this waterfall, and you you maybe strike this stone and say you're going to meet back here if you get separated. And then you jump off into the uh, river, and then you see this awesome cinematic where it's showing your entire childhood. It's got all this incredible music and a little bit of dialogue and i was just taken aback by how how much emotion and context can be communicated with basic pixel art and text yeah yeah absolutely i mean you just see them jumping around doing obviously like jumping jacks and practicing and sneaking around in town and i knew as soon as i saw your list for that i knew that's exactly what you were talking about Mm -hmm. and i i again this is another one that i have such a hard time not putting on my list yeah um the only reason is because i mean mega man and final fantasy 6 i obviously grew up with so i knew it a lot right like way before i only played sweet and two when you i was living with your brother at the time and you were over one day and i told you i just finished three and you're like have you played two i was like uh no i saw it's like super expensive well you can borrow it Okay, and then I borrowed it, played it, and beat it, uh, and that was just you know a few years ago. But yep. 
man, it really is spectacular. I mean, I can't can't agree with you more. You couldn't have said it better. You, it's tough to ex- to portray that type of emotion through just pictures and and text, and they did it beautifully. Yeah, it's fantastic. So, yep, absolutely. Play play it for well, play it for the whole game, obviously. But yeah. you know, play the intro, and you'll you'll see what we're talking about. So, solid pick. Sweeping to number one on Mark's list. Brian, we have something in common. It's our number one. I was going to say looks. Damn it. We look great. Well, that's, I mean, everybody knows that. Right, right, okay. You can just, I mean, look at us. Word is fantastic. On this audio podcast. Look at us. Look at us with your mind's eye. Oh. Just imagine gloriousness. I just use mind's eye. That's what we are. Yeah. Oh, boy. (laughs) No, but uh, our number one is The Last of Us. That. So that, my, also, Mark's number my two. Number two. Yeah. So, Mark, basically, we what we learned today was Mark basically just picked incorrectly. I on picked all. nostalgia <laughs> over he, Last he of Us. Picked incorrectly on. I picked nostalgia on a lot of them too. But yeah, man, how can this, you? This is the first game that I. My dad hates video games. He thinks they're dumb, waste of time. Growing up, this was the first game that I ever. I was like, I, I had my PS3 and I was like, Dad, I gotta let you see this real quick. And I showed him the whole entire playthrough all the way up until the outbreak, the, the outbreak, end of it and yeah. everything with the cop and all that stuff. And I was like, tell me that's not like movie-like right and there. And then he said, that's the second he was... best intro I've seen in a game, right? What? He said that's the second best. I'd give that a definite <clears throat> number two. What? He's trying to defend the fact that he put Squeak it in. I'm too. making a jokey oh, joke. It's a joke. Yeah, no, it's Mark, you know it's Mass Effect's not on any of joking. my list, right? Because I was realistic with my list. I almost put Mass Effect on my list. Mass Effect 2's opening was fantastic, but it was not quite as good as these. Anyways. <laughs> it it really is just like it's like sitting back and watching a movie, and the fact that you were taking part of this, like when you're driving in the car, oh yeah, and and the people are like coming up to the windows and stuff like that, it's yeah. terrifying. And, and like when you move your camera, the the girl, like just everything that you did in that game, uh, Naughty Dog made sure to make extremely cinematic and didn't ever feel like you were in a game. Weirdly, it was uh, honestly, I'm glad you said that because I felt like I was playing something that Quantic Dreams had made. Yeah, in that opening cinematic, because you you turn your camera and she like goes to the another, next window and she's looking out the like you you feel worried with her, and then oh yeah. man when that end the ending of the opening hit you I my friend at work just told me he he started playing The Last of Us on the PS4 right, and he said, is that is the opening any indication of what I'll be feeling throughout the game I'm like that's just the start yeah he right. goes oh god I knew right away that it was gonna be. <laughs> Like, oh, what did I get myself into? I'm like, yeah. yeah. It is. It's one of those you get done watching and you're just like, whew. Yeah. Whew. Yeah. Oh, man. It's a it's a classic opening. Uh, it'll, it'll stand the test of time, too, I think. If you haven't played The Last of Us yet, what are you waiting for? Yeah. Other than if you don't have a PS3. Yeah, if honestly. you honestly st- stuck with the Xbox and made that terrible decision and didn't like at least <laughs> jump over, then I can't help you. Frozen North is not necessarily reflective <laughs> views and opinions of Brian. Yeah. No, but if like if you honestly made bad uh, hashtag bad uh, gaming decisions and you've never had an, uh, owned a PlayStation of any sort, then get somebody borrow it, play it, get on it, get on it because it's PlayStation threes uh, are cheap now. Just get one. Yeah, they are cheap. Yeah, I'm hoping maybe uh, like this PlayStation now it doesn't have it, does it? No, maybe one day it should should someday. Cool. Yeah, but uh, yeah, if you ever get the chance to play it, man, it's an amazing game. Yeah, it really is. And I mean, if you're a hipster and you're like, it's not that good of a game, 
you're just saying that because you're a hipster and you literally have no basis for it other than you just want to be contrarian, then honestly, the world doesn't need you anymore. Brian doesn't want to talk to you. Yeah. You can just leave. Yeah, you can go ahead and <laughs> you can just stand up and leave. But if you think it's the greatest game ever, Brian will marry you. I will marry you. <laughs> uh, and if you're if you're a man, I'll go to whatever state's legal and do it. Whatever. <laughs> I don't even. I don't know even know. What, what, and with that, we'll go ahead and <laughs> call it. There's our top five. Top five opening sequences in video games. Good stuff, man. Yeah. Phenomenal. If you agree with JJ yep. and I and disagree with Mark, let us know. Whoa! Disagree that I also thought it was really, really, really good. Not but good not enough. Quite number as good. good. I mean, because it, it is number one material. Yeah. So, uh, sorry, I mean, Sweeping in 2, I mean, I get your nostalgia for it. It's your favorite game. But I didn't have Mass Effect on there. Mass Effect 2's opening was phenomenal. <laughs> nostalgia. Brian. <laughs> Sentences and words. <laughs> I'm gonna just. I was punctuation. Uh, I was a wee little boy the first time I played Sweden <laughs> Two. Were you Irish too? Yes, yeah. I was, I was obviously Irish. <laughs> True enough. All right, with that, this is the Frozen North signing off. Episode number fifty-eight. Anybody else have anything to add? Uh, no. Keep gaming, go. <laughs> just, did you just raise your hand so that you can say no. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, hey, I Actually, I have, I have nothing. nothing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh man, play that, play that Final Fantasy 15 demo. I know some of you and of I uh, have put it off, and I know you're waiting to finish uh, Type Zero. Don't do it. Just play it. Get it done. Then please, we go to it. No, I mean, Mark. Mark. What? Why are you left fielding me all the yeah. time? Marky. That's you. That's you. That's how you talk. I'm honored. With that, this is the Frozen North signing off. My name is JJ. My name is Mark. My name is Brian. And once again, and as always, keep on <laughs> gaming. <laughs> wow. Keep on. Our theme song was made available through the Creative Commons Attribution License by Ziphoid. The song title is Radical Fanfare.